Hello and welcome back to How to PhD episode number 12. In this week's episode we're going to be taking you through the things that we learned and are actually still learning about achieving a work-life balance. Hello, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in again. My name is Aaron and I'm joined by my co-host Julia. Hello. And so this week, uh, actually the topic we've chosen is very interesting and very appropriate because we actually took a little break ourselves this week. And I think our first proper break or extended break since October. Uh, And that really got us thinking about how important it is to achieve a work-life balance. And also we had a a bunch of listeners also get in touch with us uh, around this exact topic of how do you actually balance, especially during a PhD, which can be very sort of all-encompassing, how do you actually balance this with the things in your life that, that are really important as well? Yes, and I think the pandemic has really impacted our um, work-life balance as well, or we started doing different things during lockdown where we were not able to see uh, people, like, for example, this um, podcast, which is taking time, is great, we're enjoying it. But now I feel that... Um, restrictions are being removed and we can actually see people again um, it's a new challenge I think now to rebalance um, all the things that you are doing in your life next to your work um, so yeah it's an interesting <laughs> has been an interesting year I guess it has been it has been I think it makes this as you say these kind of topics really important so for today's episode we've got four key sections and we're going to start we're going to get straight into it and we're going to start right at the beginning with how do you start by identifying the important things in your life so let's start right at the beginning and i guess julia the the first thing that a person needs to do when they're trying to achieve a work-life balance is first identify what are the things in their life, right? So you obviously there's the PhD, but there are also a whole bunch of other things. And, and it's about trying to identify and, and kind of externalize in yourself what those things are. Exactly. I think we all have 24 hours, right? <laughs> a day. And so we have to think about all the things in our life that take time and then kind of identify how we spend this time and so that's actually an advice because I struggled with that already in school I think sometimes I felt overwhelmed by how to prioritize different things and um, somebody gave me advice why don't you make a list um, of the things that are really important in your life and um, write it all down and have a think about how much time you want to dedicate to all the different things and of course there are different aspects in our life um, for example, people, right? So we, you may have a partner and family and friends. And so I think it, it sounds pretty horrible. Of course, I'm not telling you to rank all your friends or other people that you know, but I think there will be some key people um, that you want to be in touch on a quite regular basis and make time for those people that are really key, important to you. And I think we are in, for example, like we we always have, um, especially during this corona pandemic, um, quite regular family calls. Mm. So something that is really important that we spend time for that and dedicate time for our families on a regular basis, right? And there might be a week where we don't manage to do it. Um, um, but then we try to reschedule something. But that's something that will take time and that we want to 
take time with mm. that, right? Yeah, that's right. And actually, just going rewinding back a bit. Um, so when you mentioned, because I'm interested in this as well. So when you mentioned uh, this exercise of actually listing who's important, like how, how did you do that? Did you, so you, I assume you got a piece of pen and paper and you just sort of sat down and thought about it? Or did you kind of have a systematic way of identifying that, those people and, and things in your life? No, I think just by like getting something down on paper, as you said, um, just brainstorming. And then I think it would come quite naturally, like um, that it became really clear what the key things are in your life. And then I think by trying to have a think how much time you give for all these different tasks and people and what's not, you can already see a structure um, in in your schedule mm. in your week and that kind of just relaxed me to see it all laid out there this is how it yeah. is this is what is important this is what's filling my life basically and also to think about who are the people um, or the things that you do that give you energy that motivate you and and what are the other things that maybe take energy from you and, and you can start thinking about what what you need to feel happy and that's healthy. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's yeah, really, really good point. And I think another example of one of those things that I think I identified was things to do with the sort of the body, right? Mm. So um, I think sleep and exercise and food are absolutely essential. Yeah. yeah. They're, and they're really things that can very easily be kind of left on the side and mm. you sort of forget about and and this is this happens to a lot of different people and so for me um in order to ensure that i get the exercise i started doing these home workouts so i'm a big fan of joe wicks you know if, if anyone in the uk i'm sure many of you have heard of him um he, lots of like youtube recipes and, and and youtube workouts and and also yeah to and i think that what that really taught me is also to give time for cooking each day mm. and and to cook something nice and something that that is healthy and not necessarily you know like a superfood salad or something yeah. still things that you enjoy but actually just that act of you know setting that time to cook and, and cut mm. some vegetables and throw it in a pan and, and that that thing that's just not your phd mm. you're you're focusing you're putting your energy into something completely different um and of mm. course you know as i mentioned to do with the body sleep is so non-negotiable this is this is something that you have to prioritize when you are working so on such something so difficult this is something you really can't let it slip you mm. you have to give yourself time to sleep properly and and this has you know we're, we're not sleep specialists but it's well understood you know what the effects of it on, on your mental health is with sleep deprivation and yeah and i get really grumpy if i don't exactly, <laughs> get enough yeah. sleep and then i feel much more pessimistic and emotional about everything so i think that's really important but um i just what you said about um exercise as well because you i remember that you're telling me that you took quite a structured approach to choosing your exercises work because you said you looked up like what is the most like the quickest or fastest kind of is thing true, exercise yeah. to <laughs> get benefits and I think because especially if you're busy in your PhD then finding something that is like quite effective in a short space of time right yeah that's yeah. right yeah so I originally did like swimming and things because I sort of noticed that yeah it seems to be like quite an effective calorie burner or something like that you know and and then i changed to these home workouts which sort of could do the same sort of thing but i think that you know the main thing is you know it doesn't have to be uh, even sort of intensive exercise like mm. that you could just get out for a walk and um, that's still exercise you know mm. just 
for example, swapping the stairs for the lift, mm-hmm. another way of just getting the body moving. And it's just one of those things that is it should be really prioritized mm-hmm. when you're beginning to identify how to balance work and life. Yeah, I think that's something for me, exercise and food, just something that I neglected for quite a long, long time. Or I think that's really where you helped me. So if you can maybe have, find someone, maybe a friend who is like, doing sports and cooking getting inspired by them and just or doing something together setting a time where you work out together or um, cook something together I think that can be really helpful but because for me often I just would just get like just some bread and cheese and something that which is fine sometimes but I think having a good cooked meal um, is, is, is really important and again with exercise I was something that was quite on the bottom of my priorities and I think I'm just now really learning that it, it does feel so good after I've done a workout. Um, so yeah, to yeah, that's right. Going to work after that's that. That's right. Um, and I guess some other examples of things that you might want to sort of begin to consider when you're making this list are things like, um, you know, if you're if you're self-funded, then how do you earn money? Like things like if you need to do a job on the side or if you need to do extra mm-hmm. teaching, uh, of course, that needs to be something that's factored into mm-hmm. that kind of that list that you're generating, uh, perhaps things to do with your household. So perhaps, you know, how do you keep your house where you live clean? This is important, especially now in this kind of lockdown time when we're sort of spending and, and working more at home than ever before. Uh, and of course, things like hobbies, right? Uh, to, to sort of recognize which which of your hobbies are giving you energy are there ones that you do that really give you that kind of internal satisfaction internal energy julia you did sort of dance twice a week mm-hmm. during your phd right yeah so that's something as i said because i hadn't sports was never something that i prioritized um i thought in my phd i start something doing something new as well so i've never like doing dancing before um so um i started that at warwick and i was doing that for i think two years and then in the final year of my phd i thought oh i'm probably gonna be get too busy i'm not gonna do it anymore and it's something really i regretted because i'm sure i could have made the time for that and especially during um lockdown i realized how much i missed that and um what a great opportunity it was um so i think yeah definitely if you can try something new find a new hobby um, it, it's so energizing. Yeah. And look, you know, I think we've given a lot of different examples in this section. And, you know, the point is go through this and, and just really identify what's important in your life. And the, the key thing is to remember that, you know, some things you, you might not be able to fully prioritize everything for a couple of weeks, right? There may be some weeks where you're not able to do exercise or your sleep is going to be sort of compromise for a bit or you know you know that you won't have time to cook uh, but it shouldn't become a habit and that's mm. I think that's the really key thing is once you've identified these things um, and also of course you know finding time to just switch off and to relax that's also an important one but once you've identified these things you know being able to sort of understand okay this is the this is the ideal scenario if it if I flex on some weeks and some some things don't happen on some weeks, that's okay. That's all right. You know, it, it, life can be extremely busy and unpredictable, uh, but not to let it become habitual, I think, is the key. Is and the I key think thing. that leads kind of into our next point about recognizing difference between urgency and importance. Yes. Yeah. So the next step in once you have this list, what do you actually do with it? So once you've identified your list of things that are important in your life, Julia, how do you go about beginning to prioritize these things? 
Yeah, so I think um, one thing is to be aware that priorities can shift. So sometimes something can be important and sometimes something can be urgent and that can be work stuff. So for example, if you do have a funding application coming up or ethics application or there are only certain, certain weeks where you can run studies or trials, of course, then this becomes urgent. So you have to do that and prioritize that sometimes over other things. But of course, sometimes also private things um, can be urgent. So, mm. and I think I, I sometimes neglected that, that I I didn't take them <laughs> yeah, as urgent as I should have. For example, birthdays um, of um, very important friends and family. And I think I've become hopefully <laughs> much better at that <laughs> yeah. as well. But if I see in my diary now, okay, this person has a birthday, then I try to like yeah, send a card or a gift or a call, phone call to make time for that because it only happens once a year um, and of course there can be emergencies in your families and so this is non-negotiable right you have you have to be there um, so um, just being aware how this kind of urgency importance shifts and to check this on a weekly basis I think what is urgent this week and what is important on an ongoing basis and um, for me what what helps me sometimes is to really put things into my calendar so mm. family calls yeah. even even private things um or household <laughs> because then i feel if i put it in my calendar it's out of my head i don't have to think about when i have to do this anymore it's organized and it's like having an appointment with myself um that i yeah. know okay here i dedicated time for this task and that can even be like also um time to relax or time where i allow myself to i don't know, cook a great meal so just by having it there it, it relaxes me mm. out there. yeah that's right and there are many different ways like as you said you can do this in your calendar very mm. simply you know nearly every single calendar service will let you create multiple calendars so you can create one for personal stuff one for exercise stuff and it will all appear on your week uh, and putting that in there mm. i use a a productivity to do app called things mm. um, which lets you do a very similar kind of thing uh, by putting to do's into different days and, and organizing your time that way uh, but the main thing is and I think you know not to give the impression that you have to sort of micro manage or micro organize your life this can be a very useful thing to do at the beginning if you're trying if you're struggling with that work-life balance to just try putting everything into the calendar here's my block for cooking time here's my block for exercise putting that in and then i think as you do that for a couple of weeks you might begin to realize that this sort of comes intuitively right and and you begin to recognize when the right time for your break is and when the right time to focus on something else is um and so certainly yeah as you said Julie, you using that kind of calendar, using whatever you want to use to sort of begin to, to develop those building blocks of recognizing that difference between urgency and importance is a really, really good tip. And I guess this now connects on to the next thing that we wanted to talk about, which is around annual leave and weekends, right? Because this is another sort of block of time that you can begin to plan and place into this calendar. So let's talk about annual leave and weekends, or essentially, it's essentially time off, right? Um, and we saw quite a lot of people tweeting about this recently on Twitter, um, with essentially the, the message being, is it okay for me not to work during my annual leave, right? Is it okay for annual leave to actually be time off? Um, and I guess, Julia, this is, this is something that's quite tricky, isn't it? It's kind of a mental block to overcome. 
Yeah, and I think um, especially during my bachelor's when I was studying music, I was really bad at um, taking time off during my annual leave or holiday. So I used to take my clarinets um, onto family holidays um, to the annoyance of my family, (laughs) quite rightly, because it was supposed to be family time and I just couldn't let go. I just um, thought I need to practice, otherwise I will fall behind. Um, and so I didn't set myself clear boundaries in the holidays mm. and I ended up not practicing probably that much. Um, but this guilt just didn't go away. That's why I just needed the instruments to be there. So I quite, it quite resonates with me when people ask about, oh, is it okay to not work at your, on the weekends or on the annual leave? Um, and I also needed this kind of confirmation from someone else. So I needed my family then to tell me, do you want to come on to it? Just don't mm. you don't need to practice today it's fine take the time the, the, the day off um but actually i think i had to learn um during the phd to um be my own kind of leader and um say say to myself like it's okay for me not to work during that time right mm. to kind of yeah um not need this external confirmation that's that's right yeah i guess um I guess that's that's an important tip is just to learn how to say to yourself, no, this is okay for me to take this time off. I deserve this time off. It's okay for me to switch off. Actually, I just wanted to follow up on something you said there. Um, it's interesting. So when, when you found that you did practice during the holiday versus if you actually just took a holiday, did you feel like that was was any in any way beneficial was it actually just taking the time off did that overall in the long term that you felt that that had a sort of better more positive impact on you yeah i think definitely i think coming back i i guess with with music or with a clarinet yes it does if you do stop like um practicing for like two weeks it will be a bit uncomfortable it will be Mm, a bit um, difficult at the start to get back into it that is that is true i think but i think um nothing outweighs the kind of motivation that you get again from just having really time completely off so i think if i when i continued just practicing during the holiday i wouldn't get this energy boost when Mm, i came back okay um or this higher level of motivation and so i I definitely would say i I should have taken much more time off and and now as well i think if you keep on doing even an hour um i leave now that we just took now i really tried not to look at the emails um just to have that complete break so that my brain can just like come back to it now i feel um a little bit more motivated again to tomorrow just the first thing i'll do is just to go through my emails and see what happened and yeah you get just a little boost i think yeah yeah that's that's, yeah it's a good point um and i guess this is beginning to touch on the final thing that we want to talk about this week which is around working from home so i guess when you have this kind of annual leave and and this these kind of free time if you're working at home continuously, I guess you don't have that kind of natural break between things. Um, and so how do you actually manage that whole process? And that's what we're gonna talk about next. So working from home, and I guess many of these aspects have really come to light because of the incredible year or two years that we've all experienced. Um, and I guess with working from home, 
there's almost two parts of this. There's or two sides of the coin. There's there's one side which is because you're working from home, it's difficult to separate that boundary between work life and home life, right? Um, and I guess the other side of the coin is because you're working from home, it's actually harder to concentrate, and you might end up sort of procrastinating more or kind of. Um, not concentrating as much so there's kind of two aspects which in many ways are some ways linked and in other ways they are two very different things which kind of depend on the person you are and and how you find working from home um so let's start with this first aspect around working from home and 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 setting that boundary between work and home life and i think this is something that is really important to me is that it's it's still crucial to see work from home as work and not just sort of continuous working time where there's sort of unbounded effort being put in. Um, And in many ways, uh, for for me personally, I had a very clear mentality about this um, and was very strict about treating working from home uh, in the same way as if I was in the office, right? So I essentially, instead of commuting half an hour, an hour to the office, um, I saw that in my head, I really saw that that me finishing breakfast, walking up the stairs to the (laughs) office, that was this kind of transition moment for me. And, and, And I just had that really clear in my head that that was the essentially the commute right um and so there's there's that part there's kind of really sort of seeing that that work is a separate part to your day which is again it's, it's difficult to sort of explain other than to try and practice thinking about that and, and to try and internalize that um and then of course another sort of benefit to this is that if you did have to commute uh, try and find ways to use that time which you would have spent commuting to do other things so for example that that I think a total of maybe an hour hour and a half that we used to commute um, stuck in traffic and things like that we now distribute through the day right so we we take a midday walk I might use an extra half an hour to call a friend which I wouldn't have had time for to do exercise Um, so essentially I work the same hours right but I'm not using the time I've saved by not commuting by doing more work I'm using that to be to to give myself more time in that kind of list that we talked about I've identified some of the things that are important in my life and I'm giving time to those things in those free chunks of time and I think that's it's it's very difficult to sort of give practical tips around that but I think if you if you sort of identify what's important in your life and begin to break down your tasks into a calendar that's really the best way where you Mm. can try and begin to set that boundary yeah so so maybe just to well maybe um can just tell um what what your regular life looks like or daily oh, life yeah <laughs> like, so i think you get up then you do yeah, work up that's right yeah then, I, and and this is i try to stick yeah. to this quite regularly so i get up um usually around 8 to eight thirty. i do a sort of workout there um and then breakfast and that sort of stuff and then by about 9 to nine fifteen is when i'm sort of up and and sat at the desk Mm -hmm. um and that's when you know i will spend maybe you know an hour two hours until lunch and then we have usually a a time where we cook lunch um Mm -hmm. and then we have again another afternoon session for maybe two hours and then we always break for an afternoon tea right um and then we spend another hour and then i'm I'm very very strict about finishing at five o'clock so i i really don't like working past five um unless again as we said before there might be a an essential thing that comes up that that means you have to but all in all finishing mm. on the dot at five and then 
once that going for a walk or so after work or so yeah Yeah. exactly and 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 the important thing is once i hit five that's it like (laughs) the work is done and it's it's focused time on on other things that i want to do um and so i think that's the that's how i sort of manage the day um and i guess julie there's also the sort of second side to this which is sort of this procrastination side that perhaps you find it difficult to work at home Um, and there was some interesting research that you were telling me about recently yeah and i think we heard about that in a presentation that we once attended as well but it was about like how often people check their phones for example during work um so i think one study showed that some people check it every 15 minutes and then it will take them up to 20 minutes to return back to the tasks that they have been working on. And so about an, an, on an average, employees spend around like five hours a week during office hours using mobile phones for non-work related activities. And even That's more, another nice. like sometimes 42 minutes mm-hmm. on like um, personal tasks. And um, I think because in my again in the music degree we had to book our practice or rehearsal rooms um and we only get uh, like one or two hour time slot so i knew i had only these two hours where i can use the room and practice i think because of that i had quite a, a very strict um routine where i would not look at my phone during this two hours that i was um, practicing and i kind of that helped me um, yeah, I continued that during my master's and even now I, I can be really strict and put my phone away. And for me, that really helps because I feel it's quite distracting um, for me. So I think just being aware how much time you spend on your phone and um, maybe just, for example, setting a timer for 90 minutes, which I think is it's recommended to take a break every 90 minutes mm. um, and not your not to check your phone or respond to messages or something during that time. I think for me, that's really more satisfying because I know exactly what I've done in these um, 90 minutes. And because sometimes I feel if I use my phone, then um, after a day will be frustrated because I didn't really see it as relaxed off time where I spent mm, socializing yeah. or enjoying yeah. a good movie or whatever it is and um, but also it wasn't satisfied because i felt like i wasted a lot of time during my work so i need this separation um but um i think you were saying that it's still important or you still want to see if there's an emergency or like family calls yeah i mean i guess i'm a bit different in that i I don't like to just completely shut off Mm. um i like to have my phone there um but i i think again this goes back to you know how do you block your time off and i know that i have these kind of focus sessions of maybe 40 45 minutes and then i always give myself maybe five minutes to just Mm. hop on you know instagram or twitter just see what's up just switch off for a second uh, and then jump back into whatever i was doing and for me that works really well um then it's more conscious i guess it's, it's exactly say, okay yeah. in 45 minutes i allow myself to like do to check the news or something for five minutes yeah and, and look i'm sure that there will be some work expert who says that that's <laughs> you know really detrimental uh, psychologically and, and for productivity but for me that that works well because it gives me a good balance between what i want to do um yeah. and as you say i so when i'm using my phone i'm not just thinking oh, i just want to not do work i'm just actively taking a break um mm. from sort of thinking and mm. if i'm doing something less taxing then that 
that kind of time will be longer before I get the break. If I'm doing something kind of very intensive, then I might no. do that a bit, a bit more regular. I think just by doing something more consciously, I think that mm, will be always the point. Yeah. So not wasting time without like kind of noticing it. And I think sometimes it's really good on the phones, they show you now how much screen time you had, right? And that's really where you can come beware of how much time it sucks from your day. Um, and just yeah. one thing that I, I realized, because um, I'm doing um, consulting work at the moment for a company, um, so working self-employed, and they have to track my hours. So I claim back how many hours I worked. And so I need to kind of create an overview of how many hours I worked for the company and what I did during that time. And I realized for me, that's so helpful to yeah prevent procrastination because I'm very, very, oh, this is the hour they're paying me for. They're not paying me to go on Twitter. So I will put my phone away and um, write exactly down as well what I did during that time. And I find that super satisfying, actually, because mm. I see I can yeah. see after a week all the things that I did and how much time I spent on it. And it helps me to plan my time better for the next weeks as well. Um, so maybe that's um, um, something for you that you can try as well, um, just to create a list and um, say, OK, I'm going to work on this now for one hour. Um, and yeah, see whether that works for you. That's right. And I guess it, it really goes full circle back to that first tip of, ha you know, using the calendar to, exactly. to organize yeah. your events. Yeah. It really... And you will become better the more you track what you did and how much yeah. you managed to achieve during a time. Exactly. And and the more you do this, the more intuitive it becomes, the more habitual yeah. and the more experienced it becomes. You might not even need the calendar no. uh, after a couple of weeks of doing this. But by doing these kinds of techniques, being aware of it and sort of recognizing these tools um, and hopefully with some of the kind of the tips that we've given you and some of the experiences that we shared hopefully this gives you time to sort of free up for your hobbies and your sports and things that you're interested in and help you achieve that work-life balance So here we are at the end of the show. I think, Julia, it might be worth just going back through and summarizing some of the things that we're telling listeners to help them achieve this work-life balance. Yeah, so I guess the first thing was to write down all the different things that are important in your life, that take time in your life, that you want to make time for. Get them down, who's important in your life, which activities, your household, get it all down on paper. And then have a think about how long you want to spend for all those different things on a regular basis. Then um, kind of think about prioritizing all those different things that you listed and um, maybe check in every week how these priorities change. So we talked about mm. urgency and importance yeah. to identify what is really urgent to um, do this week and what can wait a little bit longer. And um, yeah, setting yourself boundaries. Um, so taking your annual leave and weekends for yourself as much as you can. And in terms of working from home or working routinely, basically it also applies if you are in an in office and that you kind of are aware, where does your time go? Where do you waste time during the day? What gives you energy? If it's a small procrastination on your phone, great. But just be conscious of the time yeah. um, so that you're not disappointed at the end of the day that you didn't get stuff done and because you spent like a huge amount on social media or wherever. Um, I think 
that is probably the, the key point. Isn't I think that's yeah. everything. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of How to PhD. Of course, if you know of someone who you think could benefit from this episode uh, in, or in achieving a work-life balance zen state of mind, <laughs> uh, then please do share it with them. And of course, if you enjoy listening to How to PhD and you'd like to support us, you can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by visiting our website at www howtophd.show and leaving a small donation through buy me a coffee as always thank you to everyone who gets in touch with us and for supporting us with donations over on that page we're hugely hugely appreciative of the support and of course you can get in touch with us over on email at contact at howtophd.show and twitter and instagram at howtophdshow so next week julia we're tackling an interesting one Um, we're going to be sharing some thoughts on how not to fail your PhD exactly so we felt that a lot of people are worried about whether they can um, finish their PhD and so we thought we're going to think about it the other way around and (laughs) give you some advice so what could actually make you fail your PhD and how to prevent those things that's right and hopefully you'll see that some of the things that you might typically worry about that you might not past your PhD uh, actually won't actually fail you um, and things will work out just fine so listen for that next week thank you again for listening um, and have a great week and we'll see you all next time